6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Pope Francis uh, will be at the Sacred Heart Church in Edmonton in about an hour's time from now. Uh, he was at uh, Mascouchis earlier today where we heard the apology from Pope Francis, uh, driven back to uh, the city after that. And yes, we'll, uh, there will be a ceremony and uh, it's, it's a private fun- a private um, event at, at the church this afternoon. Tomorrow, the Papal Mass in the morning and then uh, Pope Francis will head to Lac St. Anne for the pilgrimage. Um, we know that it has been a powerful day for many. It has been a uh, a tough day for many as well. Our next guest is a member of Ermanskin Cree Nation. He is also an assistant professor at the University of Alberta, a faculty of Native Studies and Political Science, and was in Masquachis today. Uh, Matthew Wildcat joining us this afternoon. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for making time. Uh, Matthew, uh, call to action number 58 in the Truth and Reconciliation Report was an apology on Canadian soil by the Pope. You were there today. You heard it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where's your head at this afternoon? Yeah, you know, um, well... (laughs) more than anything i'm exhausted because i had to get up at five o'clock this morning in order to (laughs) to beat um the road closures out there um you know for me i i i didn't have any expectations of it so um, i cook my grandmother and uh, my most of my grandfather both attended residential schools same with my great cook um my dad was a day scholar even myself um, I actually attended um, one year of the uh, federal government-run uh, day schools, and but you know I, I wasn't looking to get anything out of it. What I was ho- hoping for was just to experience the event and and the emotion and the energy and the atmosphere, um, so I could tell people in the future about it. And and for me, it was there was a lot of things that I didn't expect there at, at certain points. There was a triumphant atmosphere, mm. almost, I think, during the grand entry. Um, you know, a lot of the clapping that, um, and applause that came when the Pope, um, you know, apologized, like his most clear expressions of apology, felt incredibly genuine and sincere uh, being out there. And uh, when he was given the headdress, <laughs> there was, um, <laughs> it was almost like a, a, a delighted, um, response in some ways. I, I I don't know if people were not expecting that, and then it, you know um, it, it was just such a an interesting moment that you know there, there's lots I could say about it all, but those are kind of some of my initial thoughts. Yeah, Matthew, when I think it was uh, Chief Littlechild who um, who put the headdress on on it the is, po- yeah. on, on the Pope, and 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 Chief Littlechild has has met. Uh, the Pope a number of times over the past number of years, but the look on the Pope's mm-hmm. face, the smile on his face, seemed really quite genuine. And I'm, I'm wondering about the, um, the meaning of that. Uh, you know, I, you know, he- headdresses come with um, a, a lot of great weight, and I don't mean, you know, weight as in pounds. I mean weight yeah, as yeah. in this is something y- you are now, um, you you carry the responsibility of having been gifted this what what did that symbolize yeah so you know headdresses are for people who have had 
leadership accomplishments, right? And and who have had accomplishments which um, have enriched the community. Um, you know, they, it, it, it's meant to signify that you are, a, you know, a competent and, and capable leader. And usually it requires a lot of effort, a huge amount of work and, you know, a, lo- a very long record of success in order to achieve them. And, and so, you know, I know there's been uh, criticism of, of the headdress, especially on, on social media. And, it, you know, in, in some respects, I um, I do, I, a little bit of me, there's a, a, a bit of a cringe factor because, you know, is delivering an apology equivalent to what is usually decades of service um, when you're an Indigenous person to get a headdress. But, it, you know, we, I, we have to kind of view it as an act of diplomacy, right? This is a, a head of state. And when you um, honour someone with a headdress, what you're doing is you're adopting them into the community, right? Mm-hmm. So he is now an honorary chief of Urban Skin Cree Nation, the, mm-hmm. the Pope, right? Or an honorary chief of, of Muscogee's, however you want to um, read it. And so now he's, in a way, he's a member of our community but i think it's also fair to to, for people who have you know criticized the decision to um say is that what we want out of this either Mm -hmm. right like you know um and and so you know i think i'll just leave it at that yeah Matthew Wildcat joining me this afternoon. I thought it interesting that the pope in his um in his speech today um he acknowledged institutional blame but also Uh, made it clear that he he said Catholic missionaries were merely cooperating with and implementing the government policy of assimilation. Uh, He termed the colonizing mentality of the powers and asked forgiveness in particular for the way in which many members of the church and religious communities cooperated with, Mm -hmm. you know, promoted by the governments of that time. The significance of him pointing out the government involvement as well in your mind. So... Um, you know, I, I have to go back and look at the text and, you know, and I was so honed in on just experiencing mm. the moment. I, you know, you know, I know for certain just some of the early things I'm hearing is, you know, many people felt that he didn't take enough, insti- he didn't res- apologize on the institution as a whole mm. more forcefully, right? And so it's like, you know, many of this, many of that, again, you know, the critique there is that he's locating it just to individuals mm-hmm. rather than the action of the, the institution as a whole. But I, I think one of the, you know, one of the, because this is a criticism of his Rome apology, right? And what I think, though, is when he um, connects it to this policy of assimilation of the federal government and, and to a larger strategy overall, he's recognizing that the harms that were done aren't just, you know, um, physical and sexual abuses against individuals, but it was a larger ideology at play, which placed people on a ladder of a hierarchical ladder of you know Christians being superior to indigenous peoples, um, and that uh, in order to deal with indigenous peoples in North America, the best way was to get rid of them, mm-hmm. right? To, to that that we would no longer exist as legal and political entities, and that the church played a role in that policy of assimilation where, where you know, up until 1969, the federal government was very clear that um, how Indigenous people should be dealt with is that eventually they would just no longer cease to exist, right? They, like, it, they would, yeah. we would be gone. And, and so I, I think, to me, there was at least some recognition from the Pope that the, the church played a part in this awful form of thinking, which continues to have repercussions, in part because that way of thinking, I think, is still around for some people, for lots of people, in fact. Matthew, 
Um, the Pope talked about um, an important part of the process will be to conduct a serious investigation into the facts of what took place in the past, and this is from his speech, and to assist the survivors of the residential schools to experience healing from the traumas they suffered. What, yeah. what, what, what does that look like? What is the actual next step? Yeah, you know, it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, you know, so um, when he said that, you know, one of the things I kind of, you know, I was like, well, I was pretty sure that's what the Truth and Reconciliation Commission did. Like, you know, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission laid out the truth. There, so, you know, uh, Marie Wilson, she was one of the speakers earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission talked to 7,000 people across the country. Like, they've gathered an incredible amount of truth. But one of the people that they didn't talk to actually was very few um, people on the church's end uh, Mm -hmm. participated. Uh, And very few people who are perpetrators of violence and harm participated. And that actually distinguishes it from, say, um, the South African Truth and Reconciliation Commission after apartheid, where people who were involved in implementing the policy of apartheid got up and discussed what they had done, right? And and oftentimes apologized for it and felt a great deal of, of sorrow. So, you know... I don't know if there's a lot to collect on in terms of indigenous peoples, but we've had to say about it. I think we've talked about it ad nauseum, but certainly um, the church could probably say a whole lot more about its uh, role in all of this for sure. I, I feel like there was a second part of your question that uh, I dropped out that I'm missing. Oh, no, just, I, I'm just like, and what's next? What What is the actual oh, next, next step, yeah, yeah. right? You know, it's, it's really hard for me to be invested in. A lot of people are saying this is the first step, and I, I'm like, a first step towards what, though? Like, mm. you know, in many ways... You know, Indigenous peoples participate in the church in far less numbers than uh, previously. You know, for the church itself, I think it's a first step of it developing new ways of thinking about Indigenous people and new ways of thinking about its past. And and church members, for them, certainly, they have to really be committed to it being a first step. But from a relationship perspective, the people who are in the best position to ensure healing within Indigenous communities are Indigenous peoples themselves. Like, you know, the the schools out of Muscochese, the Muscochese Education Schools Commission. um, You know, uh, I did an interview with uh, uh, National Public Radio, and and my dad was involved in that. And and it ends by, you know, my dad saying, you know what is um who is in the best position to to heal is us taking care of our own institutions creating uh supports mechanisms of healing and and creating a community um where people can be helped along in whatever journeys they need to undertake right whether that is journeys of um forgiveness or whether it's journeys of anger but uh, of still um you know getting your life together and being able to live a life that you're happy with, even if you are still angry with the church, right? Matthew, we're going to have to leave it uh, there this afternoon. I could talk to you for the next hour, but we're going to have to pause because I'm, I'm out of time. Let's do it again sometime. Thank you for making time for us this afternoon. I sure appreciate it. Great. No worries. Take care. Matthew Wildcat is an assistant prof at the University of Alberta in the uh, Faculty of Nati- Native Studies and Political Science. He's also a member of the Ermanskin Cree Nation.